And now, Thriller Thursdays on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Once again, Decoder Ring Theater presents another page from the casebook of that master of mystery, that sultan of sleuthing, Martin Bracknell's immortal detective, Black Jack Justice, starring Christopher Mott as Jack and Andrea Lyons as Trixie Dixon, girl detective. The name's Dixon. Trixie Dixon, girl detective. I am constant as the northern star, of whose true fixed and resting quality there is no fellow in the firmament. I'm sorry, I didn't actually mean me. That is a quotation. As those of us who make both a vocation and a recreation out of spinning fantasy from fact are well aware, quotation is the root of all evil. And if you don't believe me, somebody famous probably said it once too, and that makes it true, right? And this is the problem with the quotation game. It gives random snippets, absence of any context, the weight of implied truth by association. Those trading upon the reputation of others apply the quote to situations with which it is not concerned and make subtle or sometimes not so subtle alterations to the passing phrases of the formerly famous to suit their argument. And of course, the more genuinely vacuous simply make up their quote altogether, ascribing their own trite musings to the famous and infamous in a desperate and pathetic need to have their opinions matter, which vastly outweighs their ability to think thoughts worth caring about. But that is ever so slightly beside the point. The earlier quote about the Northern Stars from one of history's most noted liars, William Shakespeare. Shakespeare himself may or may not have been a liar in his lifetime, but his immense quotability has certainly helped us make him one since his death. Of course, the man did write histories that were slightly less factually accurate than an episode of Hopalong Cassidy, but that is also outside the purview of my current tirade. My point is that context is everything. It is all very well and good to consider the phrase constant as a northern star and find it to be an admirable idea. It helps to consider that Shakespeare gave those words to a noted egomaniac. And it helps even more to remember that the egomaniac in question almost certainly never actually said them. In practical terms, one should remember that, despite its importance in celestial navigation, Polaris does, in fact, move, as does everything in the universe. In even more practical terms, about 60 seconds after Julius Caesar says that, he is repeatedly stabbed to death by most of his friends. Yet somehow, at the heart of it all, there is a flake of truth there, isn't there? There are certain things in our life that are just always there, and so feel fixed, immutable. But nothing lasts forever, and the context is everything, after all. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Is something the matter? I'm sorry? You seem to be waiting for something. Yes. I'm finding it difficult to know exactly what that might be. I beg your pardon, Mr... Raleigh. Acton Raleigh. Of course. Please excuse us, Mr. Raleigh. Uh, for some reason, everyone who comes to that door immediately asks if this is the Office of Justice and Dixon. They do? To a man. Including the woman. Uh, it's written right on the door. We often point that out. The lettering seems very clear. And yet they continue to do it. So much so that your failure to do so was a puzzling anomaly and caused an awkward lull in the conversation. Well, that's an interesting puzzle. We find it interesting, yes. May I take your hand? Thank you. May I offer a solution? To what? To your interesting puzzle. I suggest that visitors to your office ask their obvious question in part because you and your partner stop and look at them as if the next line is theirs and they can't think of anything else to say. 
So it isn't that they're stupid; it's that we're rude. Possibly yes. It's probably true, but you still shouldn't say it. I beg your pardon, but the simplest answer is usually the correct one. How do you take your coffee, Mr. Raleigh? Black will be fine, Mr. Justice. And your title isn't Mister, is it? My guess is Agent Raleigh. Special Agent, actually. We insist upon the special part. Well, who wouldn't? What gave me away? You saw a man and a woman in an office and assumed we were partners. Two desks, two names on the door. It seemed logical. Yeah, maybe someday it will, but that day is not yet come. You also knew that I was Mr. Justice and not Mr. Dixon. Oh, don't even say that. It's like, it's like someone just walked over my grave. I would never do that. Thank you. Dancing on it is another matter entirely. Here's your coffee, Special Agent Raleigh. I'm sorry. What are you a special agent of precisely? I'd just as soon not say, if you don't mind. All right, but I think that I do mind, actually. I'm not here in an official capacity. You aren't. Not officially, not yet. And to what do we owe the pleasure of this unofficial yet very temporary unofficialness? It's a little bit awkward. We specialize in awkward. And lost cats. You see, it, it was not really my plan to reveal myself to you today. Well, we spotted you the minute you opened the door, so spill. I am looking for someone, someone who may be able to aid us with an ongoing investigation. And once again, the pronoun refers to. I apologize for that.、Uh, can we consider it more of a royal us for the moment? I suppose we will have to, but we are not amused. <laughs> Thank you for that. Can I ask you what it would cost to engage your services to aid me in my search? Uncle Sam is farming out law enforcement now. I'm fairly certain you would be more affordable than a team of special agents, and you would certainly know this delightful little burg better than they would. If there are austerity measures at play, I can provide you with the address of one police plaza. Oh, look! I just did. I've been there. They were cordial, collegial, and strangely unhelpful. I'd like to get that translated into Latin and painted above the door. You just beat me to that. I'm not sensing a lot of enthusiasm. And mine is usually very easy to sense. I've heard that. You prefer a quiet afternoon of unemployment? He didn't say that, Special Agent Raleigh. But you are asking us to quote on a job we know nothing about. I am. I am not, however, demanding that you sign a contract blindfolded. Merely making inquiries regarding your usual rates. We get thirty-nine ninety-nine a day. Plus expenses. Plus expenses. That seems quite affordable. We pride ourselves on remaining accessible to the common man, especially her. Drop dead ape. Perhaps if we were to double it. Double what? Your fee, or even triple it, as you say. It, it is Uncle Sam's nickel. Don't imagine that's all it takes to set us a quiver. Although it has, on occasion, taken much less. Stop talking now. As I say,、mm. Mr. Justice and myself would generally ask for three days in advance in a case like this, anyway. A case like what? I haven't told you anything about it. We noticed that, and we didn't like it much. That seems to be your default state. It counts double when confronted with a federal agent. Is that so? I thought you were a war hero. There isn't a war on now. And that is where you're wrong, Mr. Justice. There is a very great war raging all around us. A war unlike any other that has ever been fought. In that there is not actually any fighting happening. Just you keep telling yourself that. I'm disturbed by the level of research you've done here, Special Agent Raleigh. Squarejaw doesn't exactly wear his medals on his sleeve. That's not actually how you wear them. I know that. It's an extended metaphor. It's a bit of a road accident, actually. Can we just can we be on the same side for eleven seconds, please? All right, but I'm not really comfortable with it. Granted, I'll start the clock. Special Agent Raleigh. Oh, am I still here? Blow. And that is where the matter should have rested, or would have if we had any brains. But no sooner had our very special agent packed up his smirk and hit the road than we found ourselves itching to know more. After all, he clearly knew about us—a little more than we would have liked, given that we never even sorted out what or who he was a special agent of. He had only told us one salient detail about himself, and it had probably been an accident. 
but he had paid a call downtown and got the hi hat from local law enforcement. And we happen to know someone who fit that description rather well. Oh, come on! Not you two! Not now! If it be not now, yet it will come. That is a fine looking sandwich, Lieutenant Sabian. You take three large steps back from that right this second, or I will tear gas you. Do you know I've never been tear gassed? I find that difficult to believe. True story. Of course, I find it difficult to believe you've never been shot in the face as well. Just lucky, I guess. Yeah. You're just gonna stand there talking until I ask what you want, aren't you? It, I think he's wise to us. Well, that only took a decade or so. I'm so proud. All right! Focus, huh? We gotta do this. Let's do it and be done with it. Do what? I don't know. It's what I'm trying to find out. Don't get excited, Lieutenant. It's terrible for your digestion. You know what else makes it difficult to digest? Never getting to actually eat. Back off the sandwich. I won't tell you again. That's good because I wasn't really listening the first time. We had a visitor this morning. Oh, good. A client, I suppose. That must have been novel for you. Except not really. Not really novel. Not really a client. Uh huh. Put your. Filthy hands in your pockets. I did nothing. A man's lunch has a degree of sanctity, or at least it used to. These kids today. The problem is that you don't believe that I could shoot you dead over a sandwich in the middle of the squad room in the middle of the day and cover it up, and that hurts my feelings. I couldn't help but notice that you have an extra pickle. There is no such thing as an extra pickle. So we had a visitor this morning. Extra implies more than I need. I am trying to finish a thought here. Well, let us know how that works out for you here. What is this? The delicatessen provides a small quantity of celery and carrot sticks. These are extra. They are very, very extra. Go stand by the radiator and eat them. These often come with blue cheese dressing. The blue cheese is not for you. Visitor, client, us this morning. Oh, for the love of Saint Alexander Dixon! You had a visitor. He could have had a job. You messed it up. The feel-good story of the summer. Which one? Which summer? Which Saint Alexander? There are dozens. How is that even possible? No, 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 no! We just got over the carrot sticks. We are not crawling down the rabbit hole of recreational Catholicism. Please tell me about your morning, because I am certain I will find it endlessly fascinating. Also, it may lead to you getting out of my office. So, who was your visitor? We don't know. I hate you both. A fed, but we don't even know what flavor. He told us next to nothing. Oh,、uh, oh yeah. He said he'd been to see the police, and they were less than helpful. We immediately thought of you. Oh, that's good, because as you know, I am the only police officer in the entire city. It seems that way sometimes, doesn't it? Unknown agency or not, no special agent is going to chat with a uniform or even a shift commander. They want a big fish. What are you implying? And he isn't here to talk to traffic. Or bunko. Why not bunko? Lots of federal statutes and bunko. I know. I just like to hear you say bunko. Sabian, the guy told us he talked to you. All right, so he talked to me. Special Agent Rally. So what? So I was bluffing, Poker Face. You fooled faster than Superman on Laundry Day. Shut up. I didn't send him your way. You must have already known. I didn't mention you at all. Nobody said that you did. I thought about calling you, but I knew you'd only do something stupid. Yeah, well, we usually do. Wait, this isn't just a casual pain in the fanny client that isn't really, is it? I don't think I followed that. You thought about calling. That means this has something to do with us. Who says it does?、Uh, I don't think that it does. Sabian. I don't think you want anything to do with this. Is what I think. Sabian. It isn't you, all right. Just go home a few days, hide under a bed or something. Sabian. It's your pal Hawthorne, all right. Guy is looking for Fred Hawthorne. Freddy, on a federal rap? On worse than that. 
Guy says that Freddy the Finger is a communist. You are listening to Blackjack Justice from DecoderRingTheater.com. Okay, so before we proceed too much further, we need to have a frank discussion about a subject currently much in vogue within certain circles. Even old Squarejaw and I had got into it once or twice while arguing about something in the newspaper. I am not a pinko, but I have dated several of them, though not enough for it to become socially awkward or to be called to testify before a congressional committee or anything, and I have picked up uh, one or two details along the way. First of all, actual communism is not a political system at all. It's more of a dewy-eyed social-economic theory. Being afraid of actual communists is ridiculous. The only ones I had ever met that I would class into that pigeonhole were mung bean-eating beatniks, Lots of hand-waving and impassioned, rambling pronouncements about sharing and peaceful coexistence between brother and brother. Not especially terrifying. It's like the meek taking over the earth. I assumed we'd just punch them in the stomach and take it back. Freddy the Finger might be a lot of things. A lot of things. But he was not one of them. Then there were the practical communists, by which I mean the nations currently practicing what they called communism, which really wasn't anything that Marx would recognize, but was rather a system of totalitarian control in the name of phony communism. This, if you are keeping score at home, is what we were actually afraid of. Driven not by ideology any more than we truly were, but the need in nature for opposition. The Soviets did not necessarily give a rat's behind about democracy or capitalism, who fights a war over things like that? But they did like controlling things, like countries and people, and they hadn't entirely ruled out blowing us off the face of the earth to make that easier for them to do. So that's legitimately scary, and I approve of our government keeping an eye on that. Freddie was certainly not one of those. Then there were the communists that guys like Special Agent What's-His-Name obsess over. Pamphlet-carrying, over-earnest, socially awkward, perpetual joiners who like going to meetings because it helps them meet people just as boring as they are and who have collectively exactly zero chance of taking over or successfully plotting the downfall of anything at all ever. Honestly, the idea that this motley assortment of horned-rimmed glasses that walk like men could ever bring down the U.S. of A. is laughable. Maybe in the worst days of the Depression, I don't know, but not now. No chance. Freddy was not one of these either, but it is just possible that he might have once signed a card that said he was in order to put a savage burn over on some of them and steal the money they had saved to help promote their vision of a glorious worker's paradise. This was the prevailing theory as Blackjack and I raced across town. Freddy the Finger believed in nothing, and this, according to Jack, would be his salvation. Except maybe not really. Why are we here? Did you miss a meeting? No, I mean, why did we come to his house? The guy has like 40 hideouts. We're not looking for Freddy. We aren't. Because I know several bars where I'm pretty sure he isn't. Let's go there. Seriously, if we aren't looking for Freddy, what are we doing here? All right, already, knock it off! You're early. Oh. Alice? Oh, Lord. Oh, it's you. Who did you expect it to be, Alice? Nobody. I, I didn't expect anything. I... I thought you were Freddy. Does he knock often? What? On his own front door. I don't know. He could have forgot his key. He's in trouble, Alice. What are you? No, he isn't. 
He's fine. How do you know? What do you mean? I just know his all. You don't know where he is. Who says I don't know where he is? You did. You thought he was at the door. When? Just now, when we knocked. No, I... Wait. It's tough to keep the lies straight, isn't it? She's bad at this. Part of the reason Freddy never told her anything. Oh, how dare you? Freddy trusts me plenty. It's not always the same thing. We're coming in, Alice. No, oh, no, you're not. The place is a mess. Freddy ain't here. Whoa, what happened here? Happening. It's still happening. You get out of here before I call a cop. You invite a cop in, they get to look around, Alice. You sure you want that? You can't just push your way in here. Where are you going, Alice? I'm not going nowhere. Who says I'm going anywhere? You're packing. I'm just going on a little trip. A little trip to nowhere. A little trip to none of your business. Taking a lot of stuff with you. Everything but the kitchen sink. It's a long trip. A long little trip to nowhere. Kitchen's packed up, too. You stay out of there. I am no longer there. I am here. Don't get wise. Who's coming over, Alice? Nobody's coming over. Someone was early at the door. Who says so? I says so. Someone is coming to pick up all of this packing you're doing. So maybe it's Freddy. Ah, so maybe I'll sit down and wait till he gets here. You can you can't be here! Where are you going, Alice? I'm not going anywhere. He's in trouble. No, he isn't. He's fine. Alice, look at me. You need to pick your lies better, baby. Freddy is always in some kind of trouble. If you were being you, you would say, What did he do now? Or, I swear to God, I'll kill him this time! But you aren't saying that. You're trying to be calm and collected and pretending your husband is not history's biggest screw-up. So what? So where is he? Maybe I don't give a damn. Maybe, maybe I'm leaving him. You ever think of that? Well, let's just see. You put that down. You'll leave that suitcase alone, Jack, just as you hear me. Stop it! Stop messing up all of my back and oh, so help me. Oh, look at the mess you made. You're taking quite a lot of his clothes if you're leaving him, Alice. Well... Bravo, Mr. Detective. Ain't you just grand? Look, out of my way. He can't run from this, Alice. Neither of you can. So who's running? I can help him. Oh, swell. The great Blackjack Justice. <laughs> Tell me I haven't got him into more trouble than you've gotten him out of. Well, leaving aside for the moment that this is an interesting point... We don't exactly keep statistics on that sort of thing. The point is, this is the wrong time to go it alone. Did Freddy tell you what was going on, Alice, or did he just tell you to pack? You assume I had nothing to say in this. <laughs> that I just do what I'm told like some meek little mouse. It's bitterly ironic, I know, but under the circumstances... They think he's a communist, Alice. They think he's a... And you know what that means. It means... This isn't like he's on the lamb from the law, or like when he screws up a job and needs to go to ground for a while. It means they're never going to stop looking for him. Never. What do you think you're going to do about that? <laughs> you're going to take on Uncle Sam and his whole red, white, and blue orchestra? Is that what you're going to do, big man? Where is he, Alice? I can't tell you. He doesn't need you. I am not going to stop. Do you hear me? I owe that little twerp, and even if I didn't, I'd do anything I could to help him because it is my genuine pleasure to do so. He's my brother, and you don't get to say he doesn't need me. Tell me where he is. Or what? Or I will never stop looking. Never. <laughs> Who told you Freddy was a communist? <laughs> <laughs>
Does it matter? <laughs> This got around awful fast is all, so somebody told ya. Who? Federal man. Acton Rally, special agent, or so they say. Rally? <laughs> he, what, did he just wander in off the street and drop that little bombshell? Well, that is pretty much exactly what happened, actually, yes. Men are idiots. And they're everywhere. Well, that's true, but at least part of that is not as bad as you make it sound. <sighs> Go back to your office. I'll see that you get an explanation. If this is a stall... It won't do any good, I know. You're at your most competent when you're doing something that nobody wants you to do, and I don't need you at my door again. Go. Back to your office. An hour tops, okay? All right. One hour. Then I come out swinging. See you around, Alice. Yeah... I guess that could happen. Hello again. Why, Special Agent Raleigh. You seem much more at ease this visit. Yes, I decided to skip the awkward waiting for courtesy. That's probably for the best. But this isn't the best time for a social call, Raleigh. Is that so? We're on a case. May I ask for whom? You may not. You want to go dance for a warrant or something, be my guest. Until then, blow. As entertaining as this is, let me just clear something up. You want me gone before someone you are expecting arrives. Who says so? I do. You're waiting for me. What? Or rather, you're waiting for this. Tricks? It's a letter. What do you want me I to... I don't want to take my eyes off Laughing Boy just yet. Oh, fine. Give it to me. I must say, this is not at all how I would like to have handled things. But there was great insistence. Apparently, I was a little over-eager when I involved you in this operation earlier, and this compromises how we make amends. Stop talking now. Tricks. It's from Freddy, and the handwriting is right enough. Yeah, whatever. I'll know if he wrote it under duress. How will you know? Just read it. <clears throat> Dear Jackie, I know there's a thing that I'm supposed to say here, so as you know that this letter is really from me, but I cannot recall just what that is right now. I know we used it that time on the thing with the kid with the big nose. You remember him. And also that time that Jimmy the Weasel was going to cut my fingers off. I think maybe I was supposed to call you the wrong name if everything was okay. But I don't remember what wrong name is the right one. And also I think maybe that it was a Rita Hayworth picture and our signal was something else. I don't know. Okay, it's from Freddie. I think you better read this. Alice said that you was upset, and I'm sorry for that. This has all happened pretty fast, and it was supposed to happen quieter than this. Special Agent Raleigh, who you met, was supposed to drop the bright idea that I was a commie here and there amongst police types and a few crooks of my acquaintance. He didn't know what kind of hornet's nest he was kicking when he came into your office, but the guy is okay, Jackie. Everything is okay. Okay, here's where it gets weird. See, it was all part of this plan to make it look like I had been chased out of town by feds on account of me being a pinko. And it wasn't supposed to fool nobody in town who would probably know that I signed that card back in 37 for purposes which were entirely felonious. That's not weird. I told you this. Just keep reading. See, the idea was that I was to go places and do things. This is hard to do with Special Agent Raleigh looking over my shoulder. I'm supposed to help them root out actual commies, Jack. Be like an underworld sort who can get them things they need for their big revolution or whatever, and who has an actual rep as a 
read if anyone thinks to call the old hometown and check. I don't read the papers much, and I don't know if this is as serious as they say, but I do know that they want me to do it bad enough to settle Alice in a new place in Florida while she waits for me and to set me up with a government pension. I know that don't sound like much, but to a guy like me it's a big deal, Jackie. There ain't no old-timers day in my line of work, and I ain't cut out for much else. So I pull a few big cons and weasel out some bad guys in the process, and then I spend some quality time fishing, and you can come down and I'll tell you about it. Or about the parts that I'm allowed to tell you about. Special Agent Raleigh wanted me to say that part, and anyway, if everything goes okay, he'll probably just talk about the fish, because they'll be way more interesting than anything that happens in the next year or so. Anyway, everybody's in a big hurry for my disappearing act, and this is already the longest thing I think I ever wrote. So don't worry about me and nothing. So long for a while, your pal Fred Hawthorne, temporary communist for the FBI. And there it is. What's this? It's a drink. You drink it. I should stress that the greatest threat to your friend's life is the weakening of his cover story. I was opposed to this letter for that very reason, and I must ask for it back. I advised Mr. Hawthorne against writing it, but he trusted the two of you with his life, and so now he must. He can trust us, Raleigh. And he better be able to trust you. Or else? I see we understand each other. Good times. And there it was. The true fixed and resting quality of Freddy the Finger had been stood on its head, and we were suddenly without our northern star. Or something. I hope he makes out better than Caesar did. I hope we all do. Blackjack Justice, episode 69, As the Northern Star, was written and directed by Greg Taylor and starred Christopher Mott and Andrea Lyons, with additional voices supplied by Stephen Burley, Clarissa Dunnerlanden, and Greg Taylor. This recording and the story, characters, and situations depicted within are the property of their author and creator and protected by copyright. Until next time, remember, DecoderRingTheater.com is your address to adventure. Hello, I'm John Bell of Bells in the Bat Free. It's a comedy podcast. Fridays and every other Sunday... Well, anyway, back in episode five of Bells in the Bat Free, we introduced the cowlets, tiny little cows. Where did all these cats come from? They're not cats, they're cows, and they're heading toward the water cooler. Stop it before... Now you can display your love of these tiny cows with genuine cowlet t-shirts. You know what's really fun to do with these shirts? Get a whole bunch of people to buy them. Then you all gather together and run down the street. People will see these cowlets coming toward them and think it's a stampede. You think that would really work, Brad? Shh, I'm pushing for bulk sales here. You can also get cowlet mugs, clocks, and other items. Just go to thebatfree.com and click on shop. This is a limited time offer. No, it's not. You just do not not understand advertising, do you? Get your merchandise today with the official Cowlet design created by Jeff Music. Buying lots of them would bring music to my ears. Oh, stop. Stop.